Hey, Podcast Nation. On today's episode of the JW Audio Experience, we talk life expands or contracts depending on courage. Enjoy. Shout out to at Joe Rogan and the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast, as well as Vayner Media and Vayner Nation for all you do and continue to do. Thanks. Also, shout out to at More Love Nation. When hate is loud, love must be louder. Wear our clothes as a reminder that we're the ones who love anyways. More love, more compassion, more empathy, more kindness. More Love Nation, a five-star mission and a five-star clothing brand. About three seconds. Three, two, one. We are L-I-V-E, folks, here at the Weirman Media Studios again. Uh, remember, folks, at Weirman Media, I like to always talk about a lot of interesting, important things, but I like to lead in always with it's never right, it is never wrong, it is simply my perspective because... I'm a passionate guy, and I believe in a lot of the things I talk about, and I do a lot of research and studying, and I have a lot of direct experience in what I talk about, but I don't ever want someone to think I'm saying I'm right and I'm wrong. So uh, today I have a special guest on the show. I'm really excited. I've been having a lot of great dialogue with uh, this guy to my right here, and he asked me to introduce him as Mr. Kid, old school, modern day gypsy, and I love that. That's pretty dope shit, uh, having traveled the world and done some pretty... Uh, alternative living things and living in some alternative areas myself having in hawaii vegas australia uh china i've experienced some of those environments as well i know he's done a little bit of traveling so i'm gonna let mr kid the old school modern day gypsy introduce him a little bit just to give a little bit of a couple insights into uh, what he's done he's uh got a couple things i wanted him to mention just so you guys have a little bit of an idea about who he is and then we're gonna lead into our show topic today which uh, i think is a great topic is life expands or contracts with your courage uh, and I think that's a really big topic. Life expands or contracts depending on your courage. So at the end of the day, we'll lean into that. But first, I'm going to give him like 30 to 60 or 90 seconds just to introduce himself to you guys and give you a little bit of insight into who he is, Mr. Kid. Okay. Well, thank you, JR, for having me on your, your show. Uh, definitely appreciate being here. Uh, born and raised in North Minneapolis. Uh, graduate of De La Salle High School, class of 85. Um, Graduate of the University of Minnesota, uh, did a little stint in corporate America for about three months, um, decided to go back and get into education, taught in the inner city in, in Minneapolis, and been international teaching now for on and off for about the last 10, 12 years, uh, IB and AP economics. That's kind of me in a nutshell right now. That's really cool, man. So you've lived all over, and uh, for me, I can really relate to a lot of that. Um, a lot of my experience and my knowledge and my wisdom and my insights and just overall who I am and the, sh- the man I've become has been uh, a lot of that's come from my traveling. But I'm going to lean into what you brought up, and I think it's a great topic. Life expands or contracts depending on your courage. And for me, I think about fear and I think about comfort when I hear that. On my show, when I talk about uh, I talk about a lot of things, but they're mainly scientific, business science, life science, evolution science, and then I merge them with spiritual, spiritual principles and the spiritual principles I talk about and everything I talk about is growth principles, which is essentially evolution and growth concepts. And my growth steps are one, audit and inspect to gain awareness and perspective. And then two, it's to be humble and open to work with others and being of service. And then three is taking action, sharing your intellectual value freely with others at scale and developing strategy through that action, testing, measuring and developing to improve. 
And a big part of that model is just this. It's courage. It's a courage to be transparent. It's courage to be authentic. It's courage to share your flaws. It's courage to share your failures. And that's why I talk so much about my failures with my brain surgery. I am one of the most flawed humans. Thanks for being with us. Whoever, I don't know who it is, but uh, I'm one of the most flawed humans you may have ever met in your life. I have made mistakes in everything I've done. I've been to jail. I've had a drug addiction. I found my mom dead. I dropped out of high school. I had a moving company that was amazing, doing well, but then collapsed. So I am a flawed human. So one of the things that I want to talk about with this courage concept is just leaning into our flaws and understanding that the growth comes from doing the most uncomfortable things. So for you, Mr. Kid, what are some of the examples that you can maybe give the audience? Because I talk a lot to my audience on a regular basis, but when you talk about traveling and teaching, I'm sure that you have some experiences and having grown up in uh, a community like Minneapolis, where you have some insight into people and their comfort versus wanting to not get out of their comfort zone and staying in their comfort zone, as well as just traveling and so forth. So what's your take on what, uh, some of that stuff? Okay, well, I would take it um, step back to yeah. um, Basically, the common denominator that I think me and you have, we have, we have several, but the one was both of our mothers passed away at the age of 19, which is... R.I.P. Yeah. What was your mom's initials? Um, well, I'm her... Eleanor Waddell. R.I.P. to Eleanor Waddell. R.I.P. Lisa Marie King. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure. I, I appreciate you mentioning that. But, um, and, and at that time, uh, I didn't know what I wanted out of life, and I was confused, I was scared, I was... Um, I was lost, but I, I knew um, who I didn't want to become, and I knew uh, after about a year of hanging out in Minneapolis um, in the wrong places with the wrong people doing the wrong things that uh, I was going to end up being a 50-year-old uh, incarcerated uh, man. I was either going to end up dead or I was going to end up being that guy waiting for the liquor store to open up you know, at 8.30 in the morning, bumming change off of people. And so that, it scared me. And I knew if I stayed in, in, in North Minneapolis that's and doing what I was doing, that's probably what was going to happen. So um, at that point, it, you know, I've, I've done a lot of traveling um, and been to some places, but kind of the biggest step that I took was actually leaving North Minneapolis and moving on campus at the University of Minnesota, which is only really Southeast Minneapolis. But even though it was only like five, mi- five miles away, um, yeah. it seemed like it was the other side of the world, you know, at that time. Yeah, I think that's one of my things. I like to. I think that's you touched on a lot of great things there. First of all, you said knowing who you wanted to be, but you said it in a way that you said you knew who you didn't want to be. So I think a lot of people in the world in general, we don't know what we even want. And you talk about in our conversations outside of this uh, show so far about people not even knowing their own happiness or what success is. So a big part of I think of courage is what you just said is a big number one. That's why the first step in my growth steps I have is inspecting to gain awareness to your self-awareness and your skills your attributes what makes you happy what doesn't make you happy because number one we have to know what we're aiming for to get there we have to know where we're going to develop a strategy to get there we have to know what we're shooting for to hit that target so i think that's a big topic and i think you develop courage when you start to know what you're aiming for because if i don't know what i'm aiming for the unknown leads to fear so i think that's a really big topic for me a lot of my courage comes from knowing who i am and what i want to do with my life but but now you said that knowing what you're aiming for um doesn't the target change though during different periods of your life like you think you want this you got the you know you're aiming for that and then once you reach that you realize wait a minute maybe i was 
that's happened to me several times in my life. No, I agree totally. That can happen. I'm not saying that doesn't. I'm just saying intrinsically now, let's lean into what you just said. As humans and as a species, we all actually, when you dive into the intrinsic factors, have the same simple basic wants, needs, and desires. And like we all are pursuing control of our resources. So here, here's what I'm, I'll, link, I'll connect it with. People, we have, what are our main resources? Our health, our life, our time, our money, and our energy. So a lot of us, I fear, are not courageous because we don't have control of our resources, where we then we don't become accountable and we're not empowered. So I think empowerment and courage come from control of our resources. But hear me out. This is how I, what I mean by that. Whereas if I have control, right, if I sit, sit here right now and tell you my failures were my fault, my successes are my fault. Now I'm in control. I'm empowering myself. Now if I can manage to minimize my debt, my liabilities, my financial obligations, and my uh, fiscal obligations for spending, I can then take my money and invest it in what I want to do and invest my resources, being my money, my time, and my energy into what makes me happy, what brings me happiness, and what brings me fulfillment. And then by doing that, I'm in control of my money. I'm in control of my time. Now I'm empowered. I'm accountable and responsible because if I own my failures and I own my successes and I'm in control of my resources, I'm now 100% going to be more likely to be courageous because I'm empowered, I'm in control, and I'm responsible and accountable for everything, whether it's failure or success. And I think that's a really big topic correlating to what you're saying as far as um, like just courage and knowing what we want. And as humans, a lot of us are just trying to buy time when you think about it. We're just trying to buy time. We want control of our decisions. We want control of what we do, who we do it with, where we do it, and how long we do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like a lot of, like, isn't that what you, like, think about all the people that work a job. Why is everyone pursuing money? Like one of the biggest, most interesting topics here is money. Why does someone spend their whole life pursuing money? It's to have control of their time. Essentially, people want to have a stack. They want to have millions of dollars so they can choose what they do. I mean, for me, that's so a lot of my awareness to what I like to do and what brings me happiness has come from failure and courage to do the things you said. So let's right. lean into that. Okay. Um, traveling. You've lived all over. How many places have you exactly lived? Uh, I've lived in, let's see, Brazil, uh, Haiti, uh, Mexico City, El Salvador, um, Florida Keys for a little bit, uh, Miami, just a touch, and then uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis and Duluth. And then where would you say most of when you say this topic today about courage and life expanding and contracting, to me, that makes me think about growth. Wouldn't you say, for me, a lot of my growth came from travel. So I want to let you speak to your perspective on how you think traveling and getting out of your comfort zone of North Minneapolis, where you grew up and having lost your mother, propelled you to expand your life and expand as opposed to contract and stay in North Minneapolis. Well, it, it, I think it goes back to, to more. I mean, I, I never thought, even at your age, that I wanted to, you know, live out and uh, live in different countries and even be, a, you know, an international teacher. But it, it went back to what I didn't want to become. Um, when Which I, is still beautiful because you technically still know then what you don't want to be. Right, and that's you didn't it. Exactly know what you want. And that's how I ended up kind of where I'm at right now because I graduated with a degree in business, economics, and sociology from the U, U of M. And I wanted to be that guy with the briefcase, with the office window, you know, with the money and this and this and that. And then I got I got into corporate America. And after two or three months, I'm like, dude, I don't feel like I'm this isn't where I'm supposed to be. But the money was good. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm feeling corny. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, got suit and tie on. um, And I'm like, you know what? Who am I going to become 20 years from now if I stay on this path? I'm going to be this corny, corny biracial biracial black white guy 
Yeah. You know, not really in touch with, you know, who where I grew up in North Minneapolis. And I, I'm just, and it's all going to be like the, the, about money. You know, like I got this nice house in Burnsville and whatever. So I decided to, I, I used corporate America to pay off my student loans and then I decided to leave. Okay. Um, that's what I that yeah. So I jumped out of corporate America. Then I started teaching in inner inner city uh, North Minneapolis PYC Plymouth Youth Center Plymouth Christian Youth Center actually to be more exact. And um, I spent about five or six years there. And I'm like, well, if I stay here, who am I going to be when I'm fifty? And I started seeing some of the teachers um, where they were at at fifty, and they were burnt out, and they just seemed almost in some levels kind of at the kid, the students level. And I saw one of the teachers that one time almost have like a nervous breakdown after after school. And I'm like, you know, I want to go get my teaching license. I can't work with this type of students because I don't want to become, you know, that that type of teacher. Um, and then that propelled me. I ended up uh, receiving my teaching license. Um, I had a triplex in northeast Minneapolis and life was good. And I was working as a diversity coordinator, actually. But then I thought to myself, well, who am I going to become if I stay in this comfort zone? You know, and um, I was thinking about buying up a couple properties in the neighborhood and this and that and buying that 1999 Mercedes AMG Benz and put the dubs on it. Thanks but, for being with this audience. But then I'm like, is that who I really want to be? You know, this this guy where it's all about my net worth. So I sold everything. So Gave I a lot, of, a lot of really great stuff here. I want to say, first of all, you talked about. I want to say thanks for being a teacher. I think teachers are a really big part of our society and they play a major role. And then also you just talked about wanting to get out. Like I knew the same thing when I ended up in jail is I knew what I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be the guy that was ending up. But that takes a lot of courage to get out of that. Like, because you don't know. I mean, getting out of your comfort zone is one of the most courageous things you could do. So when you look back on your life, what, wouldn't you say that was one of the most courageous decisions you made? Or uh, no? Well, yeah. If I, if I would have ended up in North Minneapolis, my guess is I'd probably right now be on probably being SSI, living in public housing, and just, um, you know, like the Bronx tale, wasted talent, you know, never really figuring out who I was or what I wanted. So this is a big thesis of mine that I've developed developed and derived over uh, lots of studying is just this. It's the consumer's addiction to comfort. It's the consumer's addiction to friction-free living. So when I say that, folks, I challenge you to Google the just the simple words here. The consumer's relationship with time and speed. Now, keep in mind, this is just in a lens on America and America because in America, the majority of us are consumers. We're not creators. So, and I have a previous episode on our podcast about this, the shift versus and the correlation here is healthy versus unhealthy, creating and giving versus taking and consuming. So like if you look at like a drug addict, an addict just consumes. They ingest something to make them feel better, to beat some something they're not or to feel better or to help make them feel better. A creator, an artist or a giver is someone that's healthy and they're trying to give something. They're trying to bring something like a relationship. If I'm in an unhealthy relationship, I'm trying to consume something from them. If I'm in a healthy relationship, I'm trying to bring something to that person, build them up and help them. So one of the things here, once you realize it as consumers, we are focused in America. A lot of us, I can't say all, but a lot of us are all about just consuming something, taking something in that makes us feel better for the time being, for the moment, for the hour, for the day, for the week, for the month, because we're not happy. We're not content and we're not doing what we love. So once you realize that Harvard actually has a study, if you Google the consumer's relationship with time and speed, it'll explain all of this. And the correlation is friction, friction versus no friction. So when I say comfort, I'm talking about a life with no resistance, struggle, turbulence, or battles, and you're just sitting in your comfort zone. And I think there's a big topic here 
with government and government programs that in a way, I think, take the courage from the people, right? Hear me out in what I mean by that is they give you, they give you, they're trying to help you, but it's like a parent that's trying to help their kid too much. And then they create a comfort zone and a false environment for the people. And when an organism's in a false environment, it isn't really out in the real world struggling and being conditioned and built up. They're not going to be equipped to do it when the day comes. So I think our government programs and more government in a way does the opposite for us. It's trying to help us, but in the in turn creates a comfort zone and deplenishes our courage because we don't want to go out there and struggle. And we end up getting on these government programs and government assistance. And it really pushes us to stay in that comfort zone and never really push ourselves to grow. So the million dollar question, do you think that happens by accident? But I, what's your take? But first, and, and I want to hear what you have to say about that as far as more government, less government and government assistance and the comfort and how people never leave that. Well, you know, I can't I can't knock, you know, I can't knock old glory right here because yeah, no, our, I love yeah, that too. because I, I would have never been able to get out of North Minneapolis if it wasn't for Uncle Sam paying probably 70 percent of my, my college tuition. You know, um, I was able to get that first loan for that that duplex, you know, um, to help me, you know, as far as the, the down payment. Um, but so there's, there's, I think there's parts of our government that, that is really helpful and beneficial for those who are trying to actually help themselves and that are ambitious. But, um, a cat up here in Duluth told me when I first got here, uh, his name's Dave. He said, um, Daniel, uh, be careful, man, because they're paying people to fail up here. And I, and it, it didn't really hit home when he first said it, but like the more I thought about it and I started looking around, I'm like, and then I started like looking kind of at, at our country, man. They're paying people to fail. Thanks for being with us, audience. Um, I and, agree. 100%. And that, yeah, that's not everybody, but it's enough of us. So it's like we got to find this balance on, you know, helping people, giving a little safety net, but saying, you know what? In economics, there's no free lunch. Eventually, you got, you got to get up and at least support yourself, and eventually support, help society. Can't just have um, dead weight, unfortunately. So this is one another thing I'm going to correlate to courage and false environments and expanding and growth and, and courage is a lot of times, if you think about it, parents, they baby their kids, just like our government babies us. And I love America too, but don't get me wrong. I think this is why I'm a fan of less government. The older I've gotten, I think conditioning and fitness comes from struggle. I think life expands or contracts depending on courage. And you have less courage when everything's given or provided for you. As a species, we are meant to be challenged and struggle like if you look at our ancestors they were they were hunters and gatherers and we evolved from animals that were i mean people not animals but we are animals people have a hard time accepting that that fought and battled and went and hunted daily and had to fight for food and had to go and make it happen and now we're coming to this world with technology and science where it's like i do believe in giving people something but i'm really all about less government for the more part and just giving people quality education quality health care and a universal basic income and then outside of that it's all on them because if you give someone health insurance and you give them a good life and, and a healthy life in america and the quality education and you give them universal basic income I think now everything else 100% falls on them. But I think it's really complex and interesting when you look at the correlation between government assistance and more government and people that have less courage because then they're comfortable and they never want to get out of their comfort zone and take on a task, a mission, or a goal that is going to push them to have to make mistakes or be make fa or have failures. So I think this all correlates to ego too, don't you think, in a way? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... I mean, we're kind of getting off on politics here. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. in 2020, that's a, that's really a delicate subject right there. Uh, to me, it's just, again, it goes back to, you know, I sit back and maybe somebody in the audience, I'm thinking, you know, 
younger person between the age of 19 and 22 and they're you know maybe lost confused they don't know what direction to go i still gotta say go back if you don't know where you want to be at least figure out where you don't want to be and then make moves to, to to not go in that direction um because at 19 21 you know you really know who you're going to be or where you're going to be when you're 40 or 50 years old probably not it's just um it's a path of just growth decisions like you say setting goals getting to those goals maybe adjusting those goals a little bit going into a different direction and to me it's um and we've had this conversation before you know to me it's it's about really character who do you want to be as an older person who do you want to become to me it's not about you know the money the commerce it's about character you know growth um yeah it'd be nice to have a little bit of money in the bank you know but to me i I believe god is going to provide for me you know as long as i'm i'm you know growing spiritually and trying to help other people um he has always provided so far so i don't think he's going to let me go at this point so i think you make some good points that i want to touch on is with the courage in our youth and lacking direction so I think a big part of that is self-awareness. So I'm going to t- correlate this to my favorite book, Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. And he says, in order for us to succeed as individuals, we need to have rigorous self-assessment. And that's why at the Weirman Media, I have this growth concept for anything. If you want anything to grow, if you want your business to grow or you want to grow in your life, you need to. You have to have no fear. So if you're fearful, you're not going to take risks. If you're fearful, you're not going to be courageous. So and if you want to grow, you need to be courageous and that means doing the things that you're afraid you might be a little bit hesitant to do. So the growth steps at my business are one, audit and inspect. The reason auditing and inspecting is so important to what you just said is because if I don't know what I want to be or as a kid, if I lack direction, because a lot of us, we lack parenting and guidance. This is another whole topic there, but that's true. And I did. But the big thing that helped me was gaining self-awareness. And the way I gained it was by doing things I've never done before, was by traveling, was by doing things like speaking about my story on live on live Facebook or on YouTube or in a group of people of 50 to 100 people sharing my story, sharing my about my mom dying and my heroin addiction. The things that no one else was doing were the things that led me to the self-awareness and the perspective via auditing and inspecting myself to know who I am, what my strengths were, what my weaknesses are, and then understand what I want to be. So would you say that's helped you is doing things you've never done before? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think um, I think traveling, um, you end up learning a lot about yourself. You know, yeah, especially if, if, you, if you do it on your own. I would say, though, you know, for younger people, you know, maybe women, go, you know, travel with a girlfriend maybe for the first time. But when you're by yourself, you find out a whole lot about yourself. I remember the first time I, I really left the States besides Canada um, was San Paulo, Brazil, which is 24 million people. And um, I actually thought about backing out at the last minute on the flight. <laughs> I actually, the flight to uh, Houston, um, I told him that the, my girlfriend dropped me off at the airport. I didn't have a girlfriend at that time. And she got into a car accident and I needed to find out how she's doing before I caught the connecting flight to Sao Paulo. Really, I was scared. I'm like, damn, I'm going down there. I don't know Portuguese. It's a large city. The dude that I was supposed to be meeting in another city hadn't contacted me in over 10 days um, on email. And I'm like, do I really know what I'm getting into? And then I'm like, you know, it was one of those defining moments in your life. It's like, okay. Yeah, I can relate a lot to my yeah. Hawaii trip. Yeah, it's like, okay, you're going to be about it, about it. Or, you you know, you're going to, you know, and I could have came up with a, a, a couple of excuses. I came back to uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul and just said, you know, you know, something happened and, and I didn't go. But, you know, I took, I went down there and I, and I got down there and um, 
I found out a lot about who I was, and I ended up staying at a, at a youth hostel <laughs> next to a favela in in, uh, in Sao Paulo, and I didn't even want to like leave my residence because I'm like I'm seeing like barbed wire on like the fences and or on the walls, and in a lot of these countries they'll take broken bottles and they'll put them on the walls like so people can't crawl over, and everything had bars on it, and I mean I seen like North Minneapolis hoods. But I ain't never seen the, the, the favela hood. And I'm like, damn. And I'm sitting here like, okay, after about the first day, I had to go get some food. And I'm like, okay, dude, am I going to sit here for two weeks and not leave? Or am I going to go out? And I got to give big ups to Tupac right here. <laughs> Shout out to Tupac. You know, I, I had like six or seven Tupac CDs, man. And I just kept listening to them. And back then, you know, we had the, the CD player, man. And, and I just said, you know what, man? What would Pac do? He'd go out, man, and be with the people, man. And I would go out, man. And, and within two or three days, man, I was there was a little a couple teenagers that knew English and they wanted to practice, man. And there was a little gym. And I just kind of started, um, I reinvented myself on that trip, man. And it was, that's it was amazing. That's, that's the kind of stories that I want to have shared at scale because you're talking about a kid from North Minneapolis that grew up in arguably what we call the hood where we're from. And then you go out and you're after losing someone you love, your mom, probably with your fucking world. And then you push yourself to do something that is so extreme. And I'm sure now sitting at your age now, because I can so relate with my trip to Hawaii and spending time with the people and being courageous. Because in Hawaii, I would also spend time with the homeless. I think there's, I want to stay, so the older I get, the closer I want to be to the struggle. Because the, the further I found comfort and I've had some success in my life with sculpting statues and building a moving company. And when I found myself in those moments, wanting to put myself closer to the people closer to the struggle because when you come from that and you understand it you that's what I'm about I want to try and stay as close as I can to that and remember what it's like and help people get out of that and represent hope and represent guidance and direction like you say and the things that you do it's really cool that you're a teacher and it's really cool that you've traveled and you continue to do those things because I think teachers are so amazing in the guidance that they represent I just think a lot of times our education system just kind of it controls what they teach but uh I just wanted to lean into what you talked about with commitment because at my company I talk about the growth steps but I also talk about the five key characteristics which are scientific scrum based characteristics they're it's what so these characteristics here I've developed are from the scrum model and it's the way of overcoming ego and ego is the silent killer of growth because fear and complexity is the silent killer of growth the growth the growth complex is the concept that things that kill growth and the complex itself is exactly complexity is the silent killer of growth and ego is complexity so the solution to that is they have these five key characteristics it's called focus courage commitment respect and openness and they're that's that's science and they also merge those with transparency in, in adaptation and inspection so if you're always being transparent and you're always inspecting yourself your actions and what you're doing and you're adapting and growing you need to have focus, courage, commitment, respect, and openness to whatever it is you're doing. So what we talked about it the other day, but I think 100% that the courage and the commitment note, they, they go together. And what you were talking about with traveling and me traveling and my moving company and success, anything I've ever done in my life, I've had 100% commitment and 100% courage. Like when you talked about your traveling, I correlated to my story in Hawaii. It was the most amazing experience in my life. And I was 100% in. There's never something I look back on and like, oh, I was 10% in on that. I was 15 on that and 20 on that and 19 on that and 17 on that and 40, 42 on that. And I had success. So at the end of the day, I think this is a great topic as far as like correlating courage to growth and awareness and knowing what we want to be and who we want to become, but also then fully committing to that. 
You know what I'm saying? Because in order for you, from your journey, from what I'm hearing, to get a degree and to travel and get out of what you're doing, you had to be fully committed to not being the person you didn't want to be. Yeah. Um, and then it hit as far as being committed, like as an educator, um, I didn't want to be that 50-year-old teacher teaching social studies at IDDS, still interdistrict downtown school, and had never shout out and had never left um never traveled i didn't want to be telling the same stories man for the 20 years in my classroom so i was like in order for me to like really be a um influential yeah a real yeah a teacher of life a teacher of economics just a teacher i gotta get out man i gotta go places and see things man so um number one to to you know let my students know that they can do the same thing but also it's gonna make me grow as a person and the more i grow as a person the more i can give back in teaching um so I was committed to traveling. You know, right now, um, I would like to stay in the States, but depending on how things go with budgets <laughs> uh, in 2021, I don't know. I might be back out, um, back out international teaching. But um, you end up hitting a certain age. You're pro- you probably ain't at that age yet, but I'm, I'm at that age where it's like um, we kind of life kind of gives us our role, whether good or not so good. And I think I put the post on my Facebook page. We just got to like buckle up, turn the music up and enjoy the ride. And so right now, if I end up wherever I end up teaching, I'm just going to enjoy it, figure it. I'm there for a reason and give the most to my students. And I just feel like I said, I feel thankful because back in 1987, when I was in um, North Minneapolis and had the Audi and, you know, thought I was, you know, whoever, um, it just hit me like, you know what, I'm on the wrong path. And it's crazy because I left um, January 1st, 1988. 1988 in Minneapolis was the most killings ever. They actually called Minneapolis Murderapolis. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, if I didn't leave that, I was out there, man, with a gun in the Audi, rolling around, man. Actually, actually, oh, I shouldn't have said the gun in the Audi. <laughs> okay. Um, I could have lost my life, man, or I could have killed somebody. Um, so I'm like, God got me out of that situation. So like, no, no matter where I end up, man, um, it's like uh, odds are I'm not even supposed to be here. So why not? Why not give it my all? Why not keep keep pushing? You know what I'm saying? Because I could be at Mickey's Liquor waiting for the liquor store to open up at 8:30. That could be that could be who I am. So. I think you make a great point there in the fact that there should be a lot of us that have hope as long as we're still alive and we haven't quit. And I think that's what I said on one of my, we listened to a episode the other day before we went, came on live, Daniel wanted, uh, Mr. Kid, I mean, wanted to, uh, he wanted to um, hear one of our episodes and it was failure and risk. And what we said on that was you don't, you can't fail if you don't quit. And I think you're hundred percent right with the correlation there about gratitude and hope. And as long as you're not done, as long as life's not over, everyone still has a chance, especially if you're in America, there's so much abundance here. There's so much opportunity. Even during a pandemic, like I've had this business come from a pandemic. Like if you look at the obstacles in life, a lot of times, like you were talking about earlier, someone that's resilient and someone that is positive and and no matter, no matter the moment, whether it's a pandemic or it's success, there's opportunities. That's why we, I was talking about pivoting and courage. And I think a lot of this, what you're talking about with hope and not quitting on life and having a chance still, no matter what age you're at, is correlated with the fact that you cannot fail if you don't give up. And if you at least are still alive and you are healthy and you're in America, you still have a chance to whatever it is, your dreams, your passions, to go out there and pursue them. It just comes down to having the courage to do it. 
And for me, I like to look at times, since I have been through things like you talk about, I feel like the more struggle I've been through, it conditions me to have courage during the hard times to, to flourish. So like during a pandemic, a lot of people are retracting and I'm, I'm doing the opposite. I'm attacking. I feel like a lot of people during times when there should be attacking, they're retracting like office space tanked because of the pandemic. I got an office in <laughs> office space value is decreasing. You should get, if you want to start a business, now's the time to start it. You can start an online e-commerce store for free right now. I mean, you can do it for, I mean, if you built it yourself, you can do it for like 10 or $20, but if you paid someone, you can do it for a 500 to a thousand. And now you have an online website that can sell something. So I think what you're talking about is really true. And I think there's an amazing, like just in, in general point that you're talking about is enjoying the journey. We're never really, we're never really going to be somewhere that we're made. It's like the life, life and staying close to the struggle and staying close to the process of growing and staying close to the process of trying to be better and evolve and adapt is is the game. And we're never really, we're never really going to finish that game. I don't feel like, and I'm never going to be someone that's just done, done and and made. You know what I mean? I I would want to add to that hard times and adversity. Yeah. You know, um, I believe adversity gives us a chance to show who we're really made of, you know, what we're made out of, who, who we really are. If there was no adversity, if times were always easy and everything was good, we wouldn't know the real ones from the fake. So adversity gives us a chance to do that. Um, I mean, 2020 has been rough on both of us. I mean, me, <laughs> I got kicked out of the place I was staying with. A good friend thought I was going to get me COVID. Um, I was teaching in Haiti the year before. So um, my unemployment ran out in like three months. You know, they cut, they cut me off, off, you know, so unemployed, couldn't get a job. They weren't hiring teachers. Ouch. And yeah, and I'm thinking, man, you know, but you know, I, I would sit back sometimes and I would kind of feel sorry for myself. And then I would think about the people in Haiti and some of the, some of the, some of the, some of the hard work I saw those people do for three or four dollars a day. Um, I would think of some of the uh, people I saw in El Salvador, similar situation. I'm thinking here I'm looking at it like, woe is me. I got a little bit of money in my bank. I got my health. Man, get out there, man. Hustle. Make it happen. I mean, we're in, the, we're in America. People are trying to get to this country still. I mean, people are coming over in rafts, sneaking through the borders, this and this and that, to get what I'm take, what I'm complaining about, what I'm taking for granted. What's up, kid wit? Yeah, I agree. A lot yeah. of people, I feel like in America, we take it for granted. And it's the, we have, there's so much op- opportunity here, no matter whatever it is you want to do, even in the middle of a pandemic. That's what a lot of people I feel like don't realize. And and then what you said about adversity and sustaining through it, I feel like that's where a lot of courage comes from is someone that, and the correlation I'll make here is someone that is willing to do things they've never done before and someone that is willing to take on adversity or take on a task or take on a mission or do something that might cause them some adversity is where they find the courage to then continue to take on more risks and do more things. Because for me, that's where I've found all my, all my self-confidence and courage has come from the sustaining through adversity and the sustaining through taking on tasks and doing things I've never done before. Because when you do something you've never done before and you do it well and you succeed and you live through it and you sustain, your, your courage is just, my courage is 100x. You know what I'm saying? Is it, I mean, I'm sure after your trip, like once you left North, North Minneapolis, I'm sure your courage was probably like, I mean, your courage from now today is probably way more than it was when you were, what, in high school, right? Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. And what would you attribute your growth, your courage to, all that stuff, right? Yeah, adversity. 100%. Yeah, uh, adversity. Um, so, you know, you know, life is going to throw you some hard punches at times, but it's, it's a how you react and it's your mindset to it. We were talking about um, stoicism and stoic quotes. Um, 
you know, I really got. And if you if you haven't, if you don't know about Stoicism, I would advise anybody to to look it up on the internet. Um, but it's basically about um, becoming the best version of yourself, um, taking what life throws at you, um, and and just staying positive and keeping a positive attitude, virtue. You know, so adversity can be rough, but it builds character. And yeah, Stoicism is epic, man. I, really, yeah. I think you're right. Anyone that hasn't read about it, Google it. Um, it's also the thing I love about stoicism is controlling what I can control. Yeah. Controlling what I can control and not dwelling on the things I can't control. And at the end of the day, that's kind of a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. But for me, I also want to touch on just uh, in general for me was the fact that like, I don't know, I just feel like our society and our teachers being that you're a teacher, I feel like they're not really teaching the things that matter. I feel like I understand that there's a lot of great things that come from college, but like, I just want to hear your perspective on our youth as a in general lacking direction and the issue with that because in the beginning we talked about that and i think a lot of this topic with courage comes from having direction and like you said knowing what you want to be or what you don't want to be and as far as our youth i feel like a lot of that problem comes from the lack of parenting and the lack of guidance and direction which if you essentially think about guidance and direction it comes from parenting so what do you think is the answer to helping the if we're speaking to the younger crowd to them to find more courage so if you're talking to your future kid or more of your, your all, all your students and they say hey mr kid i'm afraid to go out there and take that risk and do that thing what what's your answer to give them courage to do those things or if to the kid right now if we make this and release it on a podcast and it's being listened to in south minneapolis or north minneapolis and a kid hears you and he hears that. What would? You, what's the number one thing you would say to someone that is afraid to take that step? Well, again, it goes back to um, if you don't take that step, who do you think you're going to become in another ten years, in twenty years, and are you okay being that person? Um, usually, I, at least for me, um, if there's something driving me to take a step, um, to, to t- kind of leave my comfort zone, I mean that's that's like my inner core. That's my soul. I got to listen to that. And if I don't listen to that. Um, I'm not going to grow spiritually. Um, so I would just say, um, again, it goes back, who don't you want to become? You, you might not know who you want to be, but who don't you want to be? Going back to our educational system, though, um, it, yeah, it all goes back to the family. Um, you know, if you got good parents and they're, you know, instilling good values and they're teaching you things, I mean, that's beautiful. But, I mean, maybe half the kids now aren't in situations like that. So they're trying to fight, you know, they're trying to look at um, other role models, um, unfortunately, the media will put some role models out there that are very cool, you know, charismatic. Um, but to be honest, um, they're leading the youth down um, the wrong path. And I know younger people, I used to say the same thing, all oh, this old guys talking, say, you don't know what he's talking about, blah, 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 blah. I remember when I was growing up, and I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, um, like just how to deal with women in relationships. I grew up when the, in, 19, in the 80s when the Minneapolis sound was happening. You know, Minneapolis was like the mecca of music. And we had Prince, The Time, Alexander O'Neill, all of this stuff. And um, But the message as a young man, Bob, oh yeah, up in Duluth, yeah. But Bob was on a whole different thing. Bob was doing his folk, I mean... I, I appreciate Bob now that I'm, I'm I'm getting older because he was on he was he wasn't on that plastic stuff he was on like some real stuff the guys I was listening to Prince kind of changed up as as he got a little bit older but the guys I was listening to was basically be a player you know um, have as many girlfriends as, as possible go to the clubs be that guy that's you know um, 
And I, I got lost into that for about three or four years. And um, I look at, uh, you know, the, the, the role models now in the media and the music. And it, I mean, it could be easy to get caught up, man, and have Lil Uzi Vert be your role model or, you know, NBA young boy. And no, not to say I'm disrespecting them, but look at it. I, okay, um, where is that lifestyle? It might not lead them to a bad place because they already made their money. But if you try to be like these people, um, where's that going to, the odds are, where's it going to lead you? You know, um, there's a lot of um, illegal money making activity in that music. And I just know this. um, I don't know too many drug dealers that have retired, got their stash in the bank and they're 50 years old. They're kicking back and life is is gravy. There might be some, but I can guarantee you maybe that's 1% of them. The odds are you're going to. You're going to get caught up. You're going to fall off. And it's, you're just going to be part of that that uh, prison industrial complex, you know. So I just want to say thank you, first of all, for being on the show. I haven't said that yet. I like to tell people thanks because I ask a lot of people to come on the show. And regularly people decline because they're afraid to either represent something or be on camera or be on audio. So I want to say thank you, first of all. And then second of all, I think that's some really big stuff. And I'll we'll touch and tie it into wrapping it up here. And I think for me... A lot about what I want to do and what I want to continue to do here at Weirman Media is just what you talk about with all of this, with bringing direction and guidance to other people, especially our youth. So the whole reason the model I developed is what it is for communication. It's a modern day communication system to help reach the youth and the culture, right? So modern day cultural relevant channels. There's a lot of people in our country, in our world that lack direction. They lack guidance and they lack the proper compass. So like you're talking about, the question is why or where are you getting your direction? Who are you trying to be like? Like you said, are you going to let Uzi Vert be your role model? So a lot of us, we need to look at why we trust the people we trust, who we're taking our direction from, and what's bringing us our guidance. Because for me as an adult, as, I mean, now I didn't have that when I was young. So now with all these outlets and channels where I can on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, podcasting, there's nothing that you can do more to reach more people and impact and influence and bring that than podcasting and social media outlet channels. That's why I've leaned into this so much is because once you realize that we all intrinsically have value, our experience is our value and our wisdom we've ex- derived from that experience brings us knowledge and insight that we can share with others so that they can learn from it or at least bring them some kind of value. And that's exactly what the model is here. It's about bringing in some kind of concept forward on a day on a show auditing and inspecting that concept testing it and then trying to intellectually bring value to the end consumer of the product so that when you guys are done listening to the show you have some kind of intellectual insight or value that you derive from it as opposed to just going on your phone and on social media and consuming some bullshit garbage that is absolute horseshit and just manipulating you so that's a big part about what i want to do here and continue to do is about bringing direction guidance empowerment education and advocacy to not only the ones that lack direction, but also the ones that might be just, I don't know, looking to maybe pursue their passion or don't know how to pursue their passion or want to pursue their passion or afraid to take that courageous step. That's what we're about here, bringing hope, direction, guidance, and advocacy to the consumer and to the average everyday person, whether it's in America or all over the world. And since I started the podcast, it's literally being downloaded all over the world. So it's just really interesting when you touch on that and you realize by turning on these microphones and doing this, that's why I say thank you because you don't know. I get people that reach out all the time that say thank you that helped me when I heard that it really helped me get through the day and that's the most powerful thing that I've ever experienced more meaningful than money is when I have another human being that says I helped them and I helped them get through their day or something brought them value that to me is what it's all about 
definitely definitely i appreciate you um inviting me on the show um definitely hit some 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 deep topics um but yeah young people uh keep your head up you know the pandemic you know 2020 has been rough uh 2021 we don't know what you know what's right around the corner but again got to keep our head up got to stay positive and remember adversity builds character remember folks at women media it's not right it's not wrong it is simply our perspective money Hey, Podcast Nation, thanks for tuning in. Your attention is our oxygen. Please like, share, and subscribe for a better chance at being the next loyal brand follower mentioned at the end of our next show. Shout out to at Frankie Russo on Instagram and 360IA for taking the time to sit down and do an interview with me yesterday. Thanks, Frankie. Also, shout out to at Siglico Leadership Retreat and the University of Minnesota. Weirman Media, using the written word, photo, and video to elevate the level at which we operate, cooperate, communicate, and create, hoping that by sharing powerful, authentic, vulnerable, creative, fictional stories in a cultural-relevant fashion that we can bring hope, direction, guidance, empowerment, advocacy, and direction to the people that need it the most. So once again, folks, remember, at Weirman Media, it is never right, it is never wrong, it is simply our perspective.